You are listening to the Bozeman United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Every Monday morning, you can catch up on the previous Sunday sermon or ones you've missed from the past. You can find out more about us at bozemanumc.org or on our Facebook or Instagram page. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to share with a friend. All right. Thank you so much for that. I am Pastor Mel Roberts, and I'm going to be preaching again this week to you. And I want to kind of, as we're going through here, kind of go back a little bit and talk a little bit about what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about meeting with God leaves a mark, a visible mark on our lives. And we talked about, yeah, that's a hot mic. Got a hot mic going on. A visible mark on our lives. We talk about Moses when he went up to meet with God and he would come back down to the people, especially after he'd spent several days with God. He would come down and his face would be glowing. And it wasn't just, you know, a metaphorical kind of thing. It was so bright that he had to wear a veil. He had to put a veil over his face so that the people could look at him. And so we, from that, kind of deduce that when we spend time with God, it changes us. It leaves a mark on our lives and people should be able to know because when we've spent time with God that they'll be able to see something different in us, that they'll will have something that kind of glows and shines out because of the time that we spent with God. And that's just step one. You know, a lot of people, they hear that kind of thing and they think, awesome, that's fantastic. All I need to do in this Christian life, all I need to do to be a disciple is just spend time with God. And people say, you know, I don't need to go to church. I don't necessarily need to do that. I just need to be out in creation, which is fantastic. I just need to spend time with God and then I'm all good. But there's more to it than that. There are three steps in this process. And so I want to talk today about marks that are left on us in other ways, not just by spending time with God. And really, that's kind of come to the focus in uh, 1 Timothy 4, the last part of the passage that was read earlier. And really, even more specifically, in verse 12 is where I really want to camp out a little bit with us this morning. And so let me read verse 12 to you again. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Instead, set an example for the believers through your speech, behavior, love, faith, and being sexually pure. Um, Funny thing about these slides that I do, I noticed last night as I was running through my slides that um, the slides that I sent into the church stopped at being sexual, not the sexual pure part, just being sexual, you know, set the example by being sexual. (laughs) Really glad I got here in time to change that this morning. Um, That would have meant a whole different sermon, all right? I might have been able to run with it, but I'm really glad I got it changed. So let's dig in here. Let's dig into this chapter. First of all, this was written to a young pastor. It was written to a pastor to give some advice. You know, it's not easy being a pastor. It's really not easy being a young pastor. Um, That was a long time ago for me, so I've gotten a little more used to it. But when you're a young pastor, it's nice to have people who come alongside you and give you advice and give you pointers and encourage you and all of these things. And so this young pastor, Timothy, was getting some encouragement. And so you might be out there saying, well, wait a minute. If this was written to a young pastor, some of you might be saying, but but I'm not young. 
um, so maybe this doesn't apply to me. And then, you know, the great majority of you out there say, but I'm not a pastor. Well, let me say that this letter, the reason why it's in Scripture is because so much of the advice that was given to this young pastor was really for everyone. It was ways to interact with each other within the church that applies to all of us. So hearing these words this morning, these aren't just directed at young pastors. This is directed to all of us. And I really want to dig into this a little bit because set the example is a key term here. The term set the example in all of those areas, it's so important. And we kind of know what that means in English. And it's kind of a passive thing to set an example. We think of it as just kind of, you know, doing our own thing and, and people can look at me. If they want to learn from me, they can look at me. I'm setting an example and it's kind of passive. But that's not what it was in the original Greek. In the original Greek, the word for this term is tupos. Y'all are going to learn some Greek. Y'all are going to really be able to impress people at lunch when you go out to lunch today because you're going to learn a little Greek. The Greek word for set an example is just one word, and it's tupos. And it was a civic word, and it was rooted in metalworking, which might not seem... Right, but we're going to break that down a little bit, what it really meant. It was rooted in metalworking. Specifically, it refers to how coins were made at the time. And during this time, the Romans were in charge, right? And if there was one thing the Roman emperor loved, it was seeing his face all over the place. And so they made a lot of coins, uh, specifically with the, the face of the emperor. But then there would be other coins with maybe depictions of gods or other leaders. And so they made a lot of coins during this time. And the way they made coins during this time is they would have a mold or they would have a die and they would have it pressed up against the metal. You guys probably know how this works if you ever play with silly putty or anything like that. And you take something, you press it into the silly putty, and it makes an impression on the putty, and it leaves a mark, right? And so that's the way they made coins. They pushed these things together. They pressed some things together, and one would leave an impression on the other. And so tupas was the word that was used not only for the mold or the dye that was pressed into the metal, but also the imprint that was left behind. That's what you would call that. You would call it a tupas. And so really when this passage says, set an example for the believers, what it really is saying is leave a mark on each other. As you're bumping up next to each other, leave an imprint on each other's lives. And this was directed towards believers. As believers, leave an imprint on each other. A positive imprint, right? There were several positive marks that were listed. But we know that there's another side to this coin, so to speak, right? We know that uh, we are very capable of, as humans of leaving negative marks on each other. And I think, again, this term that was used here, this tupas, was a really good choice because the interesting thing is that the root word for tupas is tupto. See, y'all have learned two Greek words now, so people are going to believe that you really know. So you've got tupas and tupto. That was the root word there. And what it means is to leave a wound by striking. And so... You have to be really careful here because when we bump up against each other, 
we can either leave positive marks or we can leave negative marks. And so this advice to this young pastor was kind of implied to be careful. You are going to bump into people. You are going to be in community with people. You are going to be living life together with these believers. And you're going to be bumping into each other. And make sure when you're bumping into each other that you're leaving a tupas and not a tiptoe. That was the advice that was given to this young pastor in this passage. And, you know, I love this picture because we're called to be more than just a model of Christianity. Again, that's kind of passive. It's kind of, you know, a passive idea in the English to say, just model it, just walk around because sometimes what can happen when we're supposed to do that kind of thing and we know we're being called to that is sometimes we can put on a false face, right? We can put on a mask And we can look like we're doing it all right. But when we're pressing up against each other and leaving marks, we better be sure it's real, right? We better be sure that we've spent the time with God ahead of time so that God can leave those marks on us so that the the works that we pass on, the marks that we pass on to other are godly and positive rather than the negative we are called to bump into each other and to work together and to serve together and to fellowship together and to worship together so that we can leave these marks so we can press in as a community of believers and sharpen one another like it says in proverbs it says as iron sharpens iron so one sharpens another We want to leave positive marks on each other as we are doing this life. So what does this have to do with us? Well, I kind of said it, but let's go over it again. Not only does God desire to leave a mark on us, not only does God desire that we would spend enough time with God that we would be marked up and have all these positive marks of God on us, but also God desires that we would leave positive marks on each other. And here's the thing, guys. we got to be mindful of our potential to leave harmful marks. I've been in ministry full-time since I was 20 years old. And let me tell you, I have seen some things. I have seen some craziness out there in churches. I have seen churches and people and believers go to war with each other. I have seen them go to war with each other over really silly things like the color of the carpet. And, you know, before you know it, you've got families that are against families and you've got this side of the the congregation versus this side and they're fighting and they're leaving really, really harmful and negative marks on each other. Anyone else seen that kind of thing? Yeah, unfortunately, you don't have to be involved in church too long to see that, that occasionally when we're bumping up against each other, that we're leaving negative marks on each other over silly things. But we also leave harmful marks on each other over big things, more personal things. And haven't we seen that in our denomination over the area of sexuality, right? Where sometimes we've left really damaging, harmful marks on other people. It happens. 
as humans, we have that potential. We have to make sure that we are watching what we're doing as we are bumping into each other, as we're serving together, as we're leading together, as we're fellowshipping together, all of these things that we do together as a church, as we're living life together, being mindful that we have the potential to do harm, but rather choosing to leave these positive marks on each other, marks of peace, Marks of grace, marks of love, marks of generosity, marks of forgiveness. Those are the kind of things that we need to do. And really to sum it all up, what we really need is spiritual jam hands. Okay? Y'all know what jam hands are? Let's talk about jam hands. So when I was a young youth minister, before Casey came along... I, um, I kept little kids kind of at an arm's distance, you know? I had my bubble, I had my personal space, not that kids really pay attention to your bubble or your personal space, but I always tried to kind of keep kids at arm's length. And, and somebody was like, Mel, you know, why do you do that? And here's the reason. Um, kids are sticky, all right? <laughs> They're sticky, aren't they? And I was so blessed that when I adopted Casey and I discovered very early on, he didn't like to have his hands be sticky. He didn't. He never liked to play in the mud or anything like that. And even certain foods like a donut, if it is like fresh and the glaze is still a little bit warm and sticky, he wants no part of that. He won't touch it. He won't pick it up. We had some donuts like that this week that I had to make some... Uh, um, pineapple casserole out of that some of you guys got to taste at the cookout the other day. I made that out of leftover donuts because he wouldn't eat them because the glaze had gotten kind of wet and he was like, ooh, I don't. So he doesn't like having his hands sticky. But even though he doesn't like that, here's what I've discovered. If he has my phone for like more than five minutes and then he gives it back to me, there is this layer of something, some kind of schmutz all over my phone. Anyone else? Is anyone else in that? It doesn't matter. Even a kid who doesn't like sticky hands, kids are sticky. And when they come and touch you, what do they do? They leave that stickiness on you, right? Jam hands is what I've called it in the past because a lot of times it just seems like kids have been playing with a jar of jam, you know? And before I was a parent, I was like, what are you letting your kids play with? But now I know you just can't help it. Kids are sticky, and we need to be the same way. When it comes to our spiritual life, we need to have been spending so much time with God that there have been marks that have le been left on us that just make us sticky with spirituality. Just sticky with the things of God. And as we are bumping into each other, as we're serving together, leading together, fellowshipping together, worshiping together, struggling together, that we would leave spiritual fingerprints all over each other in a way to encourage, in a way to love, in a positive way that doesn't cause friction, but in a good way. So may we all have spiritual jam hands and leave those spiritual fingerprints all over each other and out there in the world, which is what I'm going to talk about next week. But may we have spiritual jam hands. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Bozeman United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on each week's sermon. To find out more information about us, you can go to bozemanumc.org or check us out on our Facebook and Instagram pages. No matter where you find us or connect with us, we pray that you get out there and do good.